Welcome or welcome back to the Bicultural Identity, a podcast created from the experiences unique to young Asians raised in a Western society. We're your hosts, Connie and Jenny. Our weekly episodes contain conversations around social issues, pop culture topics, and nostalgic childhood memories that are significant in our lives as second-gen Canadians. Today we have a special guest. Say hi. Hi, everyone. My name's Harold, and I am the best. (laughs) I was gonna give you like a, please make your introduction, but you just went straight into it. Okay, do you want me to go again? (laughs) No, why don't you tell us a bit more about yourself? I am 23 years old, uh, male. I exist. You know, this is relevant to this episode. Ooh, let's give it up for men. (laughs) Also, we're in a park. Yes, this will be the cute little social distancing episode. Fun. So since we have our first male guest on... We thought we'd provide like a male and female perspective on dating as second gens. Jenny, you want to give a brief outline of what this episode's going to be structured, uh, sure. structured as? Okay, so I think as we talk through this conversation, um, honestly, I won't have much to say, but I'll come in once in a while. Okay, just a I note. I have no emotions. Literally, all of us have had one relationship <laughs> before. So there's a total of three relationship experiences here. Yeah, it's okay. One each. Yay. You can't be too greedy in that's, the world. You can't be too selfish. That's good. That's like user testing. Yes, and we are all currently single. True. Is that an advertisement? Yeah. My, my ad on <laughs> yeah. Instagram is haroro underscore ro. <laughs> okay, so... Our episode is going to focus on first the topics that are going to be like challenges um, and also the perks of dating as second gens. Um, And also in the 21st century, the second topic we wanted to touch on as well is um, online dating, which I have no experience on. We'll have to carry that segment. Yes. And then, oh, actually, no, I tried it. (laughs) I'll bring it up. I tried it. Have you never been on an actual date from online dating? No. Yo, let's go, Connie. We've been on total of one online date. That's infinitely more than us combined. So, Harold. Okay, so obviously uh, the first thing that comes to mind when talking about dating um, as Asian Canadians is like the very hot topic is like, (laughs) thank you, Mr. Ducks or Mrs. Ducks. Okay, Um, is historically throw throw back to way back when geishas etc is the fetishization of asian women yes uh, yellow fever yellow fever exactly very notorious it's also a real disease but you know now it's been used to describe non-asian males with a weird obsession towards asian women mostly east asian women um so you can call it like your quote-unquote yellow-skinned asians and so like that to me has been a very interesting concept when i was younger i didn't really notice it i I thought it was actually cool like when i saw like a ethnically ambiguous person and then i'll be like huh what is their what is their ethnic background and then i see their parents it's usually a lanky white male and like a short petite asian woman woman. (laughs) i'm like oh that's cool you know their family dynamic is so interesting like there must be like some so much like cultural um connections or like groupings where you can birth new cultures by Mm -hmm. the joining of two different ones um but then like more recently knowing about the history of how asian women are seen in western societies it's come to my attention that it's like of course there is true love and like interest besides them Mm -hmm. being um, hopefully east asian hopefully yes (laughs) uh yeah no no there must be but like now there's more so like an unavoidable side about how they only begin being interested in them because of 
the fact that they're They're Asian. Asian. And, like, they assume that we're submissive. Yeah, and also, like, that's probably has to do a lot with, like, anime Yeah, exactly. I was gonna say they're probably (laughs) weebs. Right, yeah. And you know what's odd? Like, okay, I'm gonna talk about online dating now, even though that was supposed to be for topic two, but when I'm, like, swiping, right? And... Like, for Hinge and everything, I open it to, like, all ethnicities and races. I obviously have a preference for Asians, but I don't want to close myself off. But I find myself still, like, even if it's, like, a not-Asian swiping right on me, I'll, like, feel a little weirded out. And I'll just assume that they're going <laughs> have yellow fever. Have you seen the TikTok trend recently where these, like, half-kids have, like, Asian made... Chat. Yeah, like, oh, they've made, so like, good. videos where they're, like, awkwardly filming their dad, their white dad from a distance, and then their Asian mom, and they're like, I finally have been thinking about why my dad oh, no. married my mom. Wait, the, the thing is, like, my dad has a whatever yeah. attraction to Asian chat. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen this. Am I not on Asian TikTok? It's, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's not really on funny. Enough. So speaking of fetishization, do you think like now that K-pop is so mainstream that Asian men are now fetishized? Obviously, like the girl groups are still like incredibly popular. Or like throwback to I'm gonna show my age by saying this like Girls Generation, you know your sister, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Secret throwback. Secret. Whoa, yeah, that's a throwback. <laughs> that's a throwback. Huh? <laughs> um. A twenty one throwback. But like they still remain. Like the new groups are like even more popular. You got like twice and you mm-hmm. got Red Velvet, you got Itzy, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh like I feel like the fetishization of Asian women is like pretty broad, you know, like the the non Asians are really accepting of all types of Asian women. You know, you just gotta be Asian. <laughs> Check the mark. Okay. Yeah. But like for males, I feel like it's still like um with like male beauty standards is not like a topic that's often talked about. But it's just like it's still such like a novel topic like obviously not everybody in bts like the main group that everyone thinks about looks the same uh-huh. but like to the untrained eye a lot it's of them probably, look yeah. similar yeah so if you're not pale if you're not around five eight five nine if you're mm-hmm. not like skinny have that that I, what do you call that haircut the, like there's like bull cuts and like the, oh, the comb over yeah, yes. yeah that one like you're you don't check the list like if you don't look mm-hmm. like i think now like they look kind of like soft boys i think that's the <laughs> yeah, description exactly if they don't look about. like or korean church boys yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they don't look uh, like a little more in tune with their like like more feminine features like not mm-hmm. as strong accented facial features like they're not of par to the asians like it's weird to say that um because i have a very negative outlook on fetishization of asian women i'm not like not i'm not sure about it yet i'm still thinking about it but like I can't say the same thing about the fetishization of Asian males mm-hmm. because I feel like to a degree that may benefit me if I'm Definitely, searching yeah. for a partner outside of my uh, ethnic background but it's still like I know deep down it's not it's not right but I can't help but be like oh that's a little bit promising I'm mm-hmm. not 100% mad about that. Yeah, I think we talked about this before but like once we discussed that online dating like there's like stats that asian men are the least preferable and along with like unfortunately like black women because asian men are like never seen as sexy or attractive really in media or anything or in western standards i think it's like a good thing right now too or at least might make you feel like a little bit more desirable yeah i've seen people who are on stan twitter who like specifically will like 
only hook up with people on tinder that are like asian men you know (laughs) and then also like really back to what harold was saying about like the features like in my limited experience on online dating that i will talk about later people will like specifically say when they're korean or like there's like a heavier emphasis on korean features you know korean flag korean yeah korean flag it's a it's a way to sell yourself harold use it in your bio Chinese? No, I think just put Korean. Also- they won't know. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, the only Korean they'll test you on is probably Korean. You know, anyways. <laughs> they can call you Opa. <laughs> Perhaps not. Okay, I think like that's Korea boo girls. I don't even know if Korean men will be attracted to that, but who am I to speak for them? If you like see the Korea boos on YouTube who have YouTube channels and they all go to Korea and find their Korea opas, like it happens. <laughs> And they're actually, like, pretty attractive dudes. So I think they see a white girl and they're like, oh my god. And some Korean boobs are actually, like, really pretty. That's true, though. Like, yeah, the white people so, are hype up the Koreans uh, and so then like, the Koreans always hype up the white people. Uh-huh. That's true. In mainstream media, for, like, most of the, the late 90s, when Asians started to actually show up, or I guess, like, Bruce Lee was, like, the 70s, though. But anyway, like, when Asians started to come out more, um, like, you have your Asian women, beautiful, you know, mm-hmm. uh, very elegant... But then you have your Asian male, okay? I'm sure non-Asians, whoever non-Asians listening to this, or even Asians listening to this, you think of two, early 2000s Asian male character, what do you imagine? <laughs> like crazy hair. What? Really? You know like the, the Jap J-Rock? Oh, you're thinking about like the anime? Oh. Like, are you talking about like Western? Yeah, I'm talking about like, Western. Oh. More like the Western nerd in the school, right? Yeah, the nerd. Like people don't know. Exactly. You're thinking huge glasses. Mm-hmm. They're like 5'2". They speak with an accent. Uh, <laughs> eyes small, very small. They wear like a cardigan or something. I'm seeing braces. And I'm khakis. hearing a lisp. Yeah, exactly. They're just like your your quintessential like nerd, nerd, huge nerd. Even now, you you can't escape that portrayal in in Western media, and so like throughout media and Western culture and its evolution. Although it's like you know it's nicer now with all the the Asian rise. It's more career rise. I can't really speak towards the other. I guess like. Asians are becoming cooler. Like, we're getting, uh, you know, a Simu Liu. Uh, mm-hmm. sh- oh, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be a main character. That's, like, that's like new, new. But it's still, like, there's so much foundational uh, emasculation of Asian males in, in the culture that it's hard to, like, pick apart the pieces to, like, break it down mm-hmm. and, like, rebuild everyone's idea of what Asian men should and can and will look like, in a sense. Do you think that's why, like, I'm just wondering here, do you think that's why, like, Asian men, like, in our age and in our generation have, like, taken it upon themselves to, like, create this, like, weird subculture of hype beast and, like, <laughs> Toronto mans, you know, like... Toronto man. That's so interesting. Like, they need their own definition of masculinity, almost. You gotta have the puffer jackets, the hoodies, like, nothing wrong with that. It was a style that was created, mm-hmm. but I'm wondering if that's where, like, the root came from, because there's no definition of, like... Asian masculinity before that. It's true. Everyone's just wearing their polos. Now they have to have the the fades and like the grass mm-hmm. hair, you know. Ah, so you're so you're saying like the the obscure trend is birthed from there being nothing. Yeah, like I went to Queens so I can say this, but like how like the white boys have like their polo shirts and like they have their like boat shoes and you know, like they have that whole culture. Huh? And then, you know, Asians had to make their own. There was, like, nothing there other than nerd clothing. Like, what did we wear during school? Like, Gap? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Abercrombie. Just a thought. Could yes. be wrong. I always thought like the hype beast streetwear fashion came from like black culture. Yeah, African American mm-hmm. culture. Yeah. But it's like kind of ties into our other conversation about how like Asians embrace black culture here because it's like one form of diversity that like has higher what we even call it higher representation or a lo- louder voice. Mm-hmm. So then when you're looking at mainstream media, like maybe you don't relate to like Hannah Montana, but you can relate to like That's So Raven because they have certain struggles that you're That's going true. through, okay. even though they're being like murdered, you know, much more. Damn. <laughs> this is off topic from dating. <laughs> we got real serious. I have no thoughts about dating. This is what happens when you get me to talk about things like this. I just start talking about death. Now that we're talking about like culture and like different ethnicities in your experience harold if you want to talk about it do you feel that there's pressure to date just asians from Um, your parents for me personally like i generally uh... (laughs) you prefer asians anyway yeah Yeah. okay i prefer asians anyway and i'm not sure if it's like like why you you never ask yourself why i prefer this type of people but i can say for a fact that there's really only, like, no flame to my parents. Well, actually, it's only my father. Uh, really only two races that he has, you know, given me the green light. Obviously, like, like I'm an adult. I'm not going to really care yeah. too much. But it's it's uh, the Caucasians. <laughs> nice. Um, he loves Canada and the Asians. More specifically, like, not even, not even Japanese, Korean. Like, we're talking, like, Chinese, Chinese. Yeah. So that's, that's their ideology which i suppose like it's hard to um escape from and probably is ingrained in my thinking and how i perceive like my relationships um and so i personally like i was actually like i was on a walk in the neighborhood beautiful neighborhood with my mother the other day and um because like the topic came up i was going out to like hang out with my friends or something and then i was on a call with my aunt i was like oh i'm about to leave i have to go out and she goes oh where are you where are you going like are you going on a date i'm like i'm not telling you it's a secret like obviously i'm trolling them because mm-hmm. like why is she being so nosy right i end the call she talks to my father who's also abroad right now and she goes like oh your son is blah 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 uh going maybe going out <laughs> oh on a God. date and then my father messages my mother which has my mother and, and he's like oh what's our son doing is he going on a date and then as i'm leaving the door my mother goes are you going out on a date uh, your aunt just told your father who just told me that you might be going out on a date and i'm like oh my goodness why are they all so nosy and so because of that conversation that happened in the morning and then when i was going on a walk with my mother at night we were talking about like my dating life and my preference and i told her my criteria it goes like i want ideally ideally it's a chinese woman but like because i my parents are from the south so like the canton region i speak a different language like a different recognized chinese language than most like most of the other one billion probably of people and so like i was telling her chinese lady a nice chinese lady but preferably ideally that speaks Cantonese. Mm-hmm. And my reason was because, like... They can communicate with your parents? Yeah. Well, yes. Mainly because they can communicate with my parents. And I feel like that, like, definitely adds to, like, the familial aspect. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm really strong on, like, having, like, a strong family connection. It's very important to me. But also because, like, when I inevitably have children with my future significant other, I would want to pass on these languages and this culture to the next generation. Yeah. So as to not lose them. Mm-hmm. Um Personally, I can speak. I can speak like, you know, a little uh, girl in Hong Kong compliment to me. On your, 
on your Cantonese? Yeah, a little girl in Hong Kong complimented my Cantonese, so that that was a big plus. Like, it's like legit, not to flex or anything, <laughs> but like I can't read and I can't write. So like, maybe I'll, if you continue Chinese school. Okay, chill. <laughs> uh, anyway, but I was telling my mother like Cantonese, but not just like North American Cantonese. I'm talking about like flob. Like, like I'm not sure, but like uh, somebody that can read and write like not not a lot maybe like enough to survive because i don't think like <laughs> if i were thrown into thrown into asia and like if i had to find a job i wouldn't be finding a job like a like a <laughs> a literate like a job. job yeah i can't i can't read and write like if it was a requirement you learn you're lazy okay chill yeah here it comes again uh, attacking the guests oh my goodness is that how it is yes oh, okay nice everyone that comes on the show will be bullied Unless they're Not sunny. sunny. Unless they're sunny. Protect sunny. Okay, well now it's fifty. There's a fifty uh, percent chance of getting bullied. Um, but I'm missing that part. So like, I would want somebody else to fill in my kids mm-hmm. on that. Like, obviously after I'll be a little bit jealous because they'll probably be better than me. But then like I can then. Um, guarantee that I'm not playing a part in whitewashing your children, yeah. my children. Okay, yeah, because That's I myself concern. am kind of whitewashed. Like mm-hmm. I feel like if I like, obviously our parents are gonna teach our kids when we have kids like Chinese too. Because if it was up to us, like the Chinese, oh like the Mandarin would slowly degrade into like some weird unrecognizable. Because we're okay, but you like but we have an accent. Yeah, exactly. So really? can you imagine yeah. our accent, but their accent like combined into <laughs> like. Yes. I don't know about that one. And I used to think, like, if I end up marrying someone who isn't Chinese and isn't white, then there'll be, like, more languages to learn. <laughs> Which can be productive. Cool. I mean, there's, but, like, like this... will they want to? Will my children want to? I don't to? think they'll have a choice. It's oh, like when I was in school effective. and I never knew that I was talking to my classmates in Chinese. Did that ever happen? What? That- okay, so there's like certain <laughs> there's like certain words and vocabulary that like our family spoke like Chinglish anyway. <laughs> so then there was like certain words up until like grade three, I can remember, that I thought were like part of the English language. The geese just took flight. Yeah, like for example, I can think of a very specific example. You know when like outfits match? So in Chinese you go pay will pay. But then at home, like we'd always say like, oh, that's like pretty like pay. So then I would say that at school and I wouldn't know why people wouldn't understand me. That's what's gonna happen to your kids when they learn three languages at once. I've accidentally spoken Chinese before, but I knew I made a mistake. Oh, I always spoke Chinese yeah. when I had to do mental math. The more languages oh. you know, the more like you deteriorate other languages. <laughs> like it'll like be a struggle sometimes to find the right word. At Is least this for still me. not dating. <laughs> sometimes I even like can only think of a word in French, and I'm like, I I suck at this language now. Like what the heck? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it takes me a minute. <laughs> Don't they say though that like learning new languages like expands your mind? It does. Because like a lot of the English, a lot of the English language or not a lot but there's certain expressions and feelings that you can't capture in words but then Mm -hmm, are captured in other cultures like i see on the internet all the time they talk about like german ones german words are like super long and like kind Mm -hmm. of like describe a lot of things in one word and like i I, like i read something about like a japanese phrase or something about like a specific feeling that the english languages can't Mm -hmm. get across yeah um i actually learned about this in sociology and they Phrase it as though, like, you completely experience the world in a different way. Completely, like, you're, like, because you have, like, like a sixth sense. I guess it just, like, changes the way you think. I think there's, like, this research that was done where it shows that people who are, like, natively English-speaking, mm-hmm. when you show them, like, 
a scenic photo or something they'll describe to you like the subject of the photo like what's happening but then like in asian native languages the people tend to describe like the whole background of like the photo mm-hmm. you just like kind of see things in a different way because like indigenous languages are exactly. not focused on like words they're more focused on relationships between have, like, objects and nature they have like a hundred or something words for snow or something yeah. like that like different types of snow it's really intense <laughs> cold snow warm snow (laughs) yeah and that's on dating and love exactly but also on the other side i think like a challenge is if i can bring one up it's hard to find a balance of like how whitewashed and how fobby a person Mm -hmm. is if i can put it like that like because i used to think like i'd be open to dating fobs which you are i think (laughs) Um, okay the thing is i'm gonna be honest right now i've encountered a lot of um mainland mandarin fobs uh-huh like because my father does a lot of and like, one lived with you right yeah no yeah. several live with have lived with me so like pr- from my perspective the the hong kong slash canton region fob is entirely different from the mainland fob oh, okay. i can't i can't place my finger on it but like it's just that when i speak about like cantonese though it's m- actually mainly hong kong because mm-hmm. I don't have that much experience with mainland Cantonese speakers. But, yeah. like, the Hong Kong fob is, like, worldly different from the mainland fob. Mainly probably because they were a British colony until, like, 97 or whatever. Mm-hmm, it's true. And they're more whitewashed. Definitely. Uh, um, like, westernized. Yeah, like, actually, they are more westernized. So, like, that's why, like, to me, like, I don't want to say, like, oh, I have an ideal woman. It seems kind of weird. But, like, mm-hmm. that would be, like, kind of the ideal because they learn English in school. All of them can um, speak because I'm Western. I'm incredibly Western. Mm-hmm. So, like, the Hong Kong fob is Western enough, but also, like, Eastern enough. Like, they, yeah. they have to n- learn how to read and write. And in Hong Kong, you have to learn Mandarin, too. So, like, they're literally trilingual, mm-hmm. a polyglot at the age of, like, five. Yeah. Okay, maybe, like, <laughs> seven or something. So, like, I'm definitely fishing for too much, but, like, that would be something that I'm, like, mostly interested in. And also, there are a lot, like, in Toronto, my sisters have a lot of friends that are Hong Kong immigrants. They immigrate when they're, like, 10 or 11 or something and they're like they're very good at their cultural language and Mm -hmm. like they're very cultured but they're also english they're like essentially western Mm -hmm. they like kayaking they like (laughs) camping etc etc these kind of things yeah so i think that brings up another interesting like negative though which i see of my perception as well right no it's like (laughs) there's like this toxicity of like how bicultural or multicultural people perceive their like potential partners too because i think the same way as harold i would rather date a white person that doesn't know any mandarin than to date a chinese person that doesn't know any mandarin like if you don't speak any chinese then you're probably raised like solely as like just like a white or a Mm -hmm. westernized basis and there's nothing wrong with that but at that point there's like no differentiating between appearances anymore right it's like purely like how cultured you are I was going to say that about fobs, too, because, like, Mm -hmm. somehow, like, when I converse with them, it's hard to, like, find common ground, especially in the way you were raised. Like, and (laughs) this might sound stupid, but I want to talk to someone about, like, what childhood shows I liked watching and stuff. And, like, if they can't relate, that's a little bit... Mm, I see what you mean. Mm, Yeah. I guess I don't know too many fobs, so... (laughs) Yeah, that could be a problem. (laughs) That's such an interesting perspective. I've actually never, like, never vocalized or heard about the idea of rather not dating someone of your culture that doesn't know the language like because to me like i don't think i have the same ideology Mm -hmm. because even though they don't speak the language which could be due in part to like because a lot of asian parents want to 
westernize their kids as soon as possible yeah. because they come they immigrate for the quote-unquote better life and mm-hmm. because like they've experienced such difficulties in education etc cetera, etc cetera, stress in their um, homeland that they escape to mm-hmm. raise their kids western style because it's like easier which it is very much but like they also like they probably would celebrate chinese new year or like the lunar festival coming up soon Mm -hmm. and so like to a degree they're they're still cultured but just not to the degree that you want it to be yeah i think it's like my past trauma of being in a business school that like comes into play because i think like i ended up like you know stereotyping these kind of kids into the ones that are like taught by their parents like you're saying they might have come from like a bad past like in our case for china right they might have immigrated here with a bad memory of like what happened in china Mm -hmm. and like therefore they try to fully integrate themselves into white culture and in turn like the kids that they raise usually have absolutely no connection and like there's nothing wrong with that because you know there's like a lot of like hurt between that relationship but at the same time all politics aside i'm like proud of being a chinese canadian and i like talking about like the controversies in china and like i like talking about like their perks unlike a lot of the people here right now what our podcast is about exactly and i think like there's a lot of weirdness between people i've talked to in like my past program that like it just doesn't align properly because like in classes when we're studying like international business they roast asia like so badly oh and it's just like a weird like feeling Mm -hmm. of like if you do this and you look this way unfortunately since you're like visibly a minority then like all the other people who are not visible minorities are going to take it as justification to also then be like super racist towards mm-hmm. other countries. Example in business school, I think we'll have a whole episode about this, but like um, there was like this person in class who literally didn't know that like India had like elevators. <laughs> that sounds right so ignorant. So, you know, like I don't want these people to keep encouraging and it's like a pet peeve of mine and I think that's why like if I ever found someone... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mood. know that there were elevators in India. That's I my take. But because... I totally get it. Like I'm not like fully hating on these people. Mm-hmm. I think it's like a perception that I just. It's have. more like you want them to be open to talk about Chinese culture. Yeah, and I think sometimes like white people are more open than like Asian people would rather forget their culture. Like they're taught to forget, yeah. and it's not their fault. So, like you know? want to distance themselves. Yeah. Okay, I agree. Yeah. But, Should we move yeah. on to the online dating? Wait, we, we interrupted you. You had a thing about fobs. Oh, no, I was just saying. Actually, I could talk about this in the online dating portion. Okay. I'll just transition then. Wow. Um, I went on a Tinder date with a Korean fob. <gasps> and, like, I guess he wasn't, like, fobby to the point where he didn't know English or anything. Like, I think he came in high school or whatever. So he has, like, an accent, but he can, like, communicate fine. Mm-hmm. But there's still so many, like, cultural barriers. And I know that's probably because he's, like, Korean and I'm Chinese. Like, there's still different, like, mm-hmm. differences to the culture, right? So I felt like... I couldn't find much common ground, even if he was like a really nice guy and we had good conversation. Mm -hmm. I felt like I couldn't relate to him as much, if that makes sense. And like some mannerisms are still so like Asian fob. Like, do you know what I mean? Like if you go to Asia and you go to restaurants, they're more like assertive towards service workers. (laughs) Yeah. And that's like like, a common thing. You know, like you're saying he was. Yeah, he was. Um, And like, that's fine. It's just like, doesn't rub me in the right way. Like I prefer... Right. If, if my significant yeah, that's other actually was, like, like a problem in Asia. to the service workers, and like I was talking about before, like I couldn't like talk about you know my like childhood or like <laughs> <laughs> like there's just not many levels I could relate with. And on the contrary, like Jenny was saying, 
I also find it hard to like really connect with someone who's really whitewashed, <laughs> like an Asian. So it's just really hard to find a balance of like, like you know, we're the same type of Asian and that like we like have a right. lot of Asian interests, but also like are really kind of like Westernized at the same time. Yeah, I would say we're the quintessential yeah. <laughs> Asian American. I was more so you guys because you can still read and write, etc. But mm-hmm. like, and you were born here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're literally the same exact situation. So I guess like that's why it's it's harder to for me to share interest with a fob. Like, mm-hmm. like I I live with one. Just like the way that we communicate and like mannerisms and stuff is just so different. Like, of course, like the ones that come and want to stay will make an effort to learn. Mm-hmm. But it's still it's still such like a like a learning curve to mm-hmm. get over to get on the same level as like there's just like innate understandings between Asian Americans. Like, yeah. oh, haha, um, I have to get good grades or whatever. Mm-hmm. I have to even though like it applies in, in Asia but like it's just that the fact that it's easier to talk about in like the Americas in North America than it is in Asia like if school are tough in in China it's because it's tough for everyone yeah. 100% of the class is going to be thinking the same thing mm-hmm. but in like Canada let's say like a class is tough or whatever like you'll have half the kids some of them are happy about like a 70 a pass mm-hmm. is yeah. a pass they don't mind being average or whatever mm-hmm. but you have the rest of like the in middle school, it was less. In high school, much more. Like the well, other, let's say, like IV? fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other fifty percent of the class is gonna be like, "Oh my goodness, I gotta bust my ass." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry for the bad word. To get good grades because I'm an Asian. Like mm-hmm. it just adds so much. There's so much more layering to add besides Asian. Like Asian is like the base layer. Yeah. But like mm-hmm. same same experience. We watched Teletubbies and like and SpongeBob, then, like, Disney but Channel. also yeah Disney <laughs> Channel, but also like. We watch like Asian TV shows yeah, and exactly. stuff, right? Like in in Hong Kong, like my fellow Cantonese. So if like this, this might be a big one. There's this really famous, like not famous, but it's just like really well known in Hong Kong. It's like one of the only ones. The t- TV stations called TVB. Mm-hmm. If they don't watch TVB, like I can't, <laughs> can't relate. I can't relate. I literally watch that every night from eight to eleven. Uh-huh. From when I was like six to when I was like fifteen. If they didn't watch that, like there's there's so much. Seems like there's so, such a rift between us yeah. mm-hmm. on like a upbringing level. Like it's a completely different person. I don't think I could relate. Yeah. And furthermore, can I go into food? Because when I was trying to set up a date with this Korean guy, he seemed only open to Asian food. Like I don't oh, know why. True. I see what you mean. Because like I was suggesting like Mexican food and stuff, and he seemed to like nah, bro. <laughs> he wanted like he's like hi instead. I was like okay, like that's fine. I think they obviously like you're more used to like Asian food and stuff and like I don't know I feel like us second gens love like all different kinds of food because we grew up in like yeah. right like with other second gens from yeah. other places I don't want to generalize though of course yeah but like a lot of the fobs that I'm exposed to yeah that's fair so it's just like a like a like a parent like my father like he's like if it's not Chinese like he won't yeah. eat he won't even eat like Japanese like sushi but that's just like a probably because they just like grew up <laughs> eating that food specifically so they just have a preference for it whereas we grew up and like we're exposed to like all different kinds of food yeah yeah that's true I think like um I would have been the reverse of like I would have leaned more towards a whitewashed Asian even like three or four years ago um, because like all my friends in high school were like or all like, my girlfriends in high school were white mm-hmm. um, and like I just like was more in touch with that part of my roots but then once I started getting segregated in university and like 
literally the past year when I've started like looking more into like Chinese entertainment and like throughout university when I looked into Korean entertainment you start like realizing there's like a half of your identity that you haven't really talked about mm-hmm. or like ever explored and now we watch Chinese TV every night almost yeah and like it's crazy to me that even with my friends now like my best 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 friends sometimes it's like hard to joke about like entertainment things because you don't watch the same things yeah like I can't really share funny Chinese celebrity clips with them anymore. So like ideally, I wouldn't have to like you know in the future if I found someone, I wouldn't have to like sit at a desk somewhere alone and just enjoy my Chinese variety. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know? they could be like, open to like w- yeah. starting to watch yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. And, and it's weird because uh, we started watching a drama, right? I think <gasps> it would be weird to sit because you were saying like you want to sit alone, but like let's say they were inclusive of watching your drama, yeah. but they didn't speak the language. I think it would just be to a degree less enjoyable if they had to read subtitles. Uh, <laughs> you, you can understand the language, but they have You're to read that subtitles. You're person in our okay, group. Yeah, I'm that person. <laughs> okay, here comes the canto hated, yeah. Because, like, a lot of the times, like, the expressions and stuff, like, I'll be, I'll be reading a line, and I'll be mm-hmm. like, oh, that's funny. Um, but then I'll be reading the line in English. But you guys will yeah. have understood it in Mandarin. So you're yeah. like, you're laughing, haha, you're yeah. laughing at the line and thinking about it in Mandarin. But I'm laughing at the line in english Mm -hmm. that's a good point it's a completely different experience when we slowly started absorbing korean (laughs) korean dramas have ended up as a complete different experience yeah and then we'll be like why did they translate it like that it's not right (laughs) how concerning okay i guess since we're on the online dating topic which (laughs) hasn't really stuck right now (laughs) but like what did you want to talk about for this okay so i wrote that in the the notes (laughs) i said jungle analogy i just thought of it essentially like it seems like as a, a male, and I'm talking about like for like 80%, because 80% of the population looks average, is average height, nothing mm-hmm. too special. You mm-hmm. know, they don't look like Jungkook from BTS. They don't yeah. look like. It's what a tragedy. Yeah, yeah, they don't look like uh, Brad Pitt for all the oldies that like Brad Pitt. So, <laughs> like, it's like you're trying to look for a new species in the jungle or something, okay? Uh-huh. If you're lucky, you might find it. But 99.9% of the time, you're just going to die trying. You know, you're going to get bitten by a poisonous snake <laughs> oh, no. or whatever. You're going to get stung by some animal. You're going to get eaten or whatever. And you're just going to die. So, like, oh my God. <laughs> like, it's kind of pessimistic. Like, obviously, you're not dying. But, like, it just seems like... Because I've seen my female friends swipe. Okay. <laughs> Most of their swipes are <laughs> too. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's on you. Um, most of their swipes are to a very a direction that I'm sure we all know the answer to, mm-hmm. which is left. Okay. Most of their swipes <laughs> lean left. Okay. But for males, it's literally like a hundred percent the opposite direction. Yeah. Ninety-five percent of their swipes will be right. So you're literally you're literally casting your fishing line into the into the sea mm-hmm. to see you're casting like a hundred fishing lines <laughs> into the sea to see which one bites. Uh-huh. Okay, but then the the ladies are like, mm, they're very specific. You know, these fish have like they can only eat the finest worms from whatever yeah. soil they're found from, whatever. Which I guess, in a way, reflects like society in a sense, like men are quote-unquote supposed to be the pursuers Mm -hmm. because like in nature like women have so much on the line when settling down yeah and toxic masculinity okay well (laughs) i'm I'm talking about biologically you know like women like have to childbirth they have to like raise they have to nurse the the Mm -hmm. children so like men have to achieve they have to work hard to get the lady because then their reward is you know getting to pass on their 
biological yeah, data. Doing. Like it seems that you know society and its views are shifting now, but albeit slowly. So there still is the idea that like men are are pursuing, and it just but it just seems like the pursuing is so like you can swipe right like a hundred times and you might get like five matches. Mm-hmm. It's a very common statistic. Uh, a lot of my male friends can speak to that. But then if you're a lady, you know, 10 minutes, you can easily go five for five. <laughs> you can easily go five for five. If you're not five. being too picky. Yeah, if you're, yeah. Exactly, if you're being not too picky. Or you can go zero for zero. Can I like give you my female perspective though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, online dating is like... I feel like I have to swipe right on like the most attractive people. Like I, I feel like I can be more picky online because ideally I'd meet someone um, in real life and I'd be friends with them first. Like that's how I would want my relationship to progress. And I'm genuinely not picky about looks in real life. Like if I vibe with them, if they're like a good person, we have a lot to talk about. Um, Are you roasting your ex? No, no. I'm not picky about looks. Oh my god. Can we get a name drop? No. Um, Like, I have potential to, like, start liking them and wanting a romantic relationship with them. But online, because I literally know nothing about this person and all I have to go by is their looks. And like you said, like, women have more choices. Like, we know that men are swiping, right? Um, that's why <laughs> we're a little bit more picky. Mm. From right. my neutral standpoint, it goes off what Connie was saying. I think like a lot of people are shocked by the stats recently on how like romantic activities have gone down in like all of history. You because know, like of culture? no, because like people thought like hookup culture meant people were like I don't even know having sexual relations more. We don't have to bleep that. Um, <laughs> But, like, it's actually wrong, like, as we were talking about with one of my other friends. I think, like, it's really believable because, like, you're saying, like, you know, if we're talking about hetero relationships as we are, um, women tend to be, like, more picky about their choices. And then, like, the guys are just casting the line. But in, like, a whole sense, bicultural and not bicultural, I think it's weird because, um, like, almost, like, I sound so old-fashioned right now, but, like, back in the day, probably, when you didn't have, like, online dating, you'd have to go out and, like actually try to force a connection between you and someone else Mm -hmm. so even if you didn't have like cultural similarities or like a similar background but you were interested you had to like kind of open yourself up and talk to them about the differences and learn more about them but then like the online situation is like allowing like our generation to think we have more of a choice than we do so like we all have these like ideals on like this person should have this exact value this exact cultural background and then you're there swiping for someone who doesn't exist because yeah. you just want to date yourself, basically, or like <laughs> a, a, an ideal that you've created for yourself. But then because you're busy swiping, it's also intimidating to think that you would be like the one person to approach people in person. Like, you know, people yeah. don't like ask physically in person really to like go on a first dates anymore as often. Mm-hmm. People just like are meeting in a club maybe or a bar and that's fine. But like there's like, like that whole old-fashioned like how people's grandmothers and grandfathers like met. yeah like <laughs> obviously there's like negatives to that when there's like a lot of misogyny involved in like arranged marriages back 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 in the day mm-hmm. but like i think because we're all stuck behind our screens looking for some like you know some fictional character we created yep <laughs> it just like has you know everyone's just looking for nothing and then we're all just like sitting at a table not looking at each other yeah and it's weird and then it's fine though i don't want to date mm-hmm. anyone right now yeah <laughs> <laughs> I tried online dating, not like actually, 
this was way back when I didn't even have any Asian roots really. So when I first got to university and my friends told me there was a funny app called Tan Tan. <laughs> and that was back when like, you know, I didn't really care about like anything. So I was like, I'll go on and I'll spy on these like fob boys. You'd like just swipe and just like have fun. And then it wasn't fun because a week out into that, someone was like, oh, like, hello. And then like and a day then- later, they're like, why aren't you responding to me? Mm-hmm. And the day after you can bleep this, they're like, bitch, where are you at? And I was like, and I like cried and deleted it. Yo, and I was like, I'm like, oh, literally, actually, like online dating is a scary experience. That's why I don't do it much. Because at least for me and you as well, we have the same like stance here. We're not really into hookup culture right yeah i'm not and, for it i don't really care for it. yeah like and because of that there's Me this too. <laughs> yeah <laughs> jenny as well i just don't want to do it all yeah. i guess there's this like layer of worry that i have that they are looking for something not serious but it's like good with the branding um, right because tinder is like you're kind of like playing like you're gambling but then hinge you can kind of assume yes, so that's like why like hinge yes. is honestly better i'd say um tinder like you have no description like even bumble you can put more of a description mm-hmm. and answer questions but like Tinder's literally just someone's face. And honestly, the attractive looking people are genuinely like the F boy looking ones, right? <laughs> and so, like, I don't swipe right on those either. Like, yeah, I it's just a weird know requirement. What they're there for. Because I'm like, how <laughs> my friends before too. And it's like when someone know, like, looks like they know way too well how to take a photo, mm-hmm. you're like, <laughs> I don't know about that one. <laughs> and like, because we're not into hookup culture sometimes i even like feel embarrassed of that fact because i feel like everyone's out there living their life being young and experimenting and i almost find it embarrassing to bring up to like random strangers on the internet right but i feel like it's important to establish when you're online dating yeah, so I'm you don't like go jokes. into like a first date and they try to like move mm-hmm. things further I also have this, like, Jenny instilled this worry in me that the guy, oh, like, yeah. since he knows so nothing about them, they have could no mutual friends killer. with you, they could, like, have a freaking wife or girlfriend, and you wouldn't That's my know. biggest fear. What? I don't want to be that person. Yeah, like... Like, ever. That's, like, like I've heard of horror stories like, like It has nothing to do with you, obviously, but, like, I don't even want to be involved in that kind of, like, toxicity. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of guys do use... You know, like, dating apps to, like... This has happened to multiple people. Not that, like, I know of in real life, but, like... Or not just guys, obviously. Like, girls do, too. Yeah, girls do that, too. But it's, like, because you don't have any connections, like, you won't know their social media. Yeah, that's why I prefer much more if, like, I just got introduced to, like, a mutual friend and became friends with them first, right? Which is also hard now that we left, like... (laughs) Well, you're still in university, but... I love. I don't know what that has to do with being bicultural, but I guess it's like the whole aspect of you have another level to be picky about. True. When people make too many jokes about like rice or like, oh, you like, know, like the Asian like jokes Asian. that people make Yo, from like 2008. This white boy slipped into my DMs oh, no. telling me how much he loved boba. I was like, please just shut up. <laughs> Maybe I never... you should have like offered him advice. Like, this will not do it for me. For the next time you approach someone, I'm going to train you on a few things you can talk to them about. But Maybe I'll go on Hinge and I'll be a coach for people who slip wrong. But it, like, but it, nice wrong. it works. It's, it's a very interesting that you brought up Boba. Because I have a stance on Boba that it's like... You love Boba, Harold. No, okay, relax. I do, I do. But like, so like, I feel like that he's, he's probably used it on other women of Asian descent. And it has worked because they are so culturally disconnected. And now there's such a rebirth of love for your own cultures and there's so much mm-hmm. acceptance now. They're starting to look back into their own cultures again, but they've been so disconnected since their youth and they've shunned it. Even it's not even the parents fault. Like they request, although it's tragic, but like they request their parents, 
don't give me local mm. Asian food anymore. I want sandwich. I want ham and cheese sandwich. You Ugh. want the Lunchables. I want tuna sandwiches. <laughs> but like now, with the rise of of the bubble tea, we call it bubble tea in Canada, of the rise of bubble tea, people are so, um, feel such a, like a cultural significance and connection to this one starchy ball milk tea <laughs> beverage that like whoever mentions it like like it's it's part of their identity now they mm-hmm. connect to their culture through bubble tea yeah which i'm like it, it's definitely been a benefit for me to grow up more asian like i eat asian food mm-hmm. i celebrate asian festivities i speak the language um it's sad to see like some asian americans asian canadians their only connection to their culture is through this one beverage mm-hmm. yeah it's like how I would describe it is like it's what the office is for white yeah. people. I was gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna say that exact same thing. <laughs> office and friends. And now add Brooklyn Nine Nine to list. I mean, I like yeah. I guess it's like when you put it that way, it's true. I think it's like a whole subculture of like Asian identity that's been created. I think it like originates a lot in like California. You know, yeah. like, the like the Westernized Asians that like have their own culture of like boba, but like white. Yeah, you know. And like falsy eyelashes, yeah, like, mm-hmm. raving, yeah. And then it just found its way to like Vancouver, Toronto, and then like spread. And then subtle Asian traits happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like subtle Asian traits. Like it's, I'm, I'm happy that we are getting representation. We're getting the whole community, one million plus uh, yeah, followers or whatever. Crazy. But like, it's just like I feel like they're attaching a lot of the cultural identity to the jokes. Mm-hmm. Like they're attaching a lot of the cultural identity to bubble tea they're attaching a lot of it to like raving mm-hmm. like it i I've i can't honestly i honestly never like i didn't even know raving existed yeah. until like three years ago same yeah. and I, it just sounds so we incredibly sound so unappealing to me but like it's like such a such a popular subculture within like my own type of people mm-hmm. like canadians or americans born in north america that mm-hmm. are asian there's so many yeah it's our form of, like, emo or punk. Like, you know how um, white kids will go for, like, metal, like, and that's their way of, like, expressing their identity? I feel like Asian kids who probably had, like, a stricter upbringing or, like, they didn't know who to identify with. Like, if you go to your first rave, I don't know what I'm speaking from because I've never been to one. But, like, I feel like you probably feel, like, liberated and, like, you can be yourself but, like, also more wild than you would be in a stricter household. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's, like, their way of, like, rebelling but also trying to partake in like what started off as a western thing like raves you know yeah and then like ended up being adopted by like the asian americans or like the asian westerners too Mm -hmm. so we've rambled so much that the sun is basically going down we're all shivering freezing (laughs) so harold why don't you end us off by giving us your recommendations of the week all right so um you know i love my hong kong dramas uh shout out to tvb um so i just recently finished this uh, drama like Hong Kong dramas get a lot of flack. I actually give it a lot of flack for them being like a lot of times the most prominent actresses in Hong Kong are the ones that win Miss Hong Kong. So there's like a pageant uh, every okay. year. They like become famous immediately and they all want to become actresses. But the fact of the matter is that not everyone can act. <laughs> and I can safely say that there are plenty of pageant winners that cannot act. But this drama is called okay, the name's kind of stupid. Al Cappuccino. I don't even know why it's not called <laughs> the that. The translations anymore. never make <laughs> yeah, sense. Yeah, okay. Okay. I don't know why it's called that. But um, I try to not support dramas that have 
pageant winners because I know the acting is gonna be subpar. Mm-hmm. So like this drama doesn't have any pageant winners. They're all like a star-studded lineup, A1 acting, um, and the story is like really jokes. Is about like um, an orphan. Um, a Hong Kong orphan that moved back so to jokes. America <laughs> to re- sorry, sorry, to pursue acting, um, and then he gets into uh, some shenanigans, and he gets recruited by the police to be a spy in the mafia, like an undercover spy in the mafia, and so he has to like like help the family, and then he becomes like really close with the family. It's just like it's a really funny TV show. It's in Cantonese though. I'm not sure if the translations will do it justice, but you know, it's for mm-hmm. all my cantos out there. If uh, you wanted a recommendation, cool. I'll try to find like a subversion because yeah. I don't understand Cantonese, and I've never watched Cantonese dramas, but I'll check it out. I don't understand any Cantonese. I'm not yeah. sure this one would be a good starter if you've never seen any of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Okay. <laughs> but all the like famous movies are like Shaolin Soccer. I've yeah, been meaning to watch that for a while. You've heard of it though, yeah. Yeah. Like Kung Fu Hustle. Um, those are like the OGs. But those mm-hmm. are movies though. I don't actually like. I don't really recommend Cantonese dramas because I don't know which one of them are like. Like actual good quality, because uh-huh. I've watched them since I was a child, and I like didn't have internet access when I was a youth, so I didn't really see like, oh, this one's like rated by Rotten Tomatoes at like ninety five percent. Like I yeah. don't know really what's good. I will say though, with like non Korean Asian dramas, it's less so about the quality that like than it is about like the entertainment basis, because we don't have like a very I'm talking for the whole industry, but yeah, we don't have like the sophisticated level of like production quality and like, you know, like cinematography and like scripting mm-hmm. that is like required to make these crazy HD, like crazy camera shot indie TV shows. But then like they write really good storylines usually. Like I would say um, like Mandarin dramas are like really good when they're ancient China because they write like Shakespearean level yeah, storylines like, but the quality is so bad like palace politics <laughs> and stuff yeah, yeah. like so, acting or like no visual? like the dubbing is weird the yeah, costumes like, are cheap like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know. the effects the special effects yeah but the acting is usually okay yeah and the storyline is like crazy like next yeah, level so, so good. yeah if you enjoyed it I'm sure it's good mm-hmm. Harold gave it 100 so it's 100 on Rotten Tomatoes I don't know about 100 <laughs> <laughs> Okay, cool. Thanks, Harold. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Constance and Johnstance. I hope they you were said the ones everything. that made us say that in one of the intros. Yeah, our sponsored so now you know. segment. Best intro to date. One of our first fans. Yep. So thank you for coming on. Shout outs to my boys, Steven, Carl, and Benny. <laughs> okay, um, hope you said everything you had to say, but you can come back on since Yay. we're all in the same five minute drive yeah, from very each very other. Close. Very okay. convenient. So, go Connie. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our discussion on this week's topic. To hear more, you can subscribe to The Bicultural Identity on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. While you're at it, we would also greatly appreciate any reviews on iTunes or simply sharing our podcast with your family and friends. But of course, no pressure. As well, any opinions and experiences discussed are solely based on our own experiences as second gens. We invite you to share your thoughts on our Instagram at The Bug Cultural Identity, where you can also find the link to our website with our show notes. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to tune in next Monday for our next episode. See you then!